Well, I'm David Robinson, and I'm a biologist at the Open University. Uh, and in this series of clips, we're going down into the world of the small organism, organisms that normally we're not aware of. So when you look out to sea, you see masses and masses of water, and you just are not conscious of the huge number of um, organisms that are in only a small volume of that water. And one of the most interesting things you, uh, you do when you, when you start out in biology by the sea is just take a net and sweep it through that water and then take your net out and wash off everything that you've got in your net and you find you've got a whole world in your bottle of tiny organisms. And it's a completely different area of study. Because they're small, you require very different techniques to study them and because they're so small and they're completely immersed in their environment, the environment has great influences on them that you might not suspect until you studied them. You just said that different methods are needed for working with small organisms. What type of instruments or methods are needed? Well, firstly, of course, there's uh, microscopes uh, in order to magnify them and see them. But uh, I think some of the uh, other methods are ways of collecting them. The sea clearly is very deep, and the plankton don't go down to enormous depths, but they do have quite a vertical distribution. And if you want to sample at a particular depth, you have to be able to send your bottle down there, collect water at that depth, and then bring it back up without it getting contaminated at other levels. In the film, there's a very high-tech way of doing it where the, uh, you have computer-controlled bottles. In earlier days... You simply had a bottle that went down on the end of a string and you sent a little lead messenger down which opened the bottle to take a sample and then a second messenger to close it again and then you dragged it up and you've got your sample from a known depth. And that's effectively what they're doing with the whole series of one-litre bottles arranged in a circle and a computer deciding when to open and close the lids. And, of course, it's very important to get the depth right uh, because plankton do move up and down in the water. And this vertical migration uh, for some plankton takes place on a daily basis. And then also you get sudden increases in population at a particular point as a result of tidal movement. So, for example, a population of phytoplankton might be swept past your equipment by the tide, going one way, and then swept back again, going the other way. And this will produce, for example, a, a pulse in a detector that picks up phytoplankton, or it will produce a sudden uh, surge in the number of individuals that you trap in your bottle. We saw the painstaking work that was being done on the, on the organism familiarly known as Tony by the research scientist. He said it had taken relentless hours of patience to come to some of the conclusions he's come to. Has it been groundbreaking what he's produced, the research he's produced about Tony? I think the research that he's produced about Tony is um, extremely interesting, particularly because of where his sample comes from. And you can see in the clip the uh, big drill bits and they're drilling down into the ground. And what they're looking for is a, a layer of rock called an aquifer. That can be rock, sand, or gravel, that is able to absorb a lot of water. And if that water becomes organically contaminated, then it will have bacteria in it. And Tony is living off the bacteria in that water. And so it's a very, a very um, unusual place to look for life and to look for communities because, of course, 
Tony depends upon there being lots of bacteria there to feed on. And if the bacteria population declines, then the populations of Tonys decline. Um, and Tonys are able to form cysts, which can resist quite a bit of drying, as well as keeping the organism alive uh, during a period when there aren't many bacteria about. And I think this is, of course, quite a common thing um, of single-cell organisms forming cysts, but it's in this very strange environment, deep in water-bearing rock, that I think makes this so special.